Howdy, everyone. Yo, yo, yo. We are live. Chuck, you there? Yeah, I'm here, man. Oof. Dude. Crisp. Yeah. Super Perfect. crisp. Even though you're not physically here in person, uh, dude, you sound good. This is going to be a good one. Right? That was such a big thing is uh, getting this this whole thing. If I was going to do it with someone that wasn't able to be physically here, um, that I want to make sure it came out crisp and clean. So, oh, yeah. All right, dude. Um, so I'm here right now with Chuck. He is the owner, operator, and head man of All Skill No Luck. And if you guys are not familiar with the brand, you should. I mean, we've been following each other for a while. And, dude, just seeing the stuff that you do, I mean, we're going to get into, obviously, what you, what you do and the brand, uh, how you started and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, man, go ahead and introduce yourself to the people. What's up, guys? Uh, so my name's Chuck. Um, I don't even know where to start. I uh, um, partial owner in uh, Also No Luck and our uh, other brand, Raid SB, is a skateboard brand. Um, veteran, spent some time in the Coast Guard, got out, did some contracting for a while, and you know, working for somebody else is just not my thing. So, dove headfirst into that whole entrepreneurial thing, and uh, been loving it ever since. Hell yeah, man! How long ago did you start? It's my first venture like into entrepreneurialism was probably 2012. Um, I was working for a company as a firearms instructor and uh, a couple other guys that worked there as well. We decided to form our own, our own like company and um, did that for a little bit. It was really, it was really difficult um, at first because we didn't really know how to do like marketing and none of us really paid attention to like social media. Sorry, man, go ahead. No worries. Uh, we didn't really know how to do like any marketing and social media. So we, um, just kind of, just kind of winged it a little bit, ended up working with some cool brands like Barrett and, um, uh, Nemo arms and, some and then, uh, wow, man, nice. that, that kind of that, yeah, that, that, training company kind of went into more long range stuff. That's not my skill set. So I left and, uh, just kept contracting. Then I started, uh, my first brand called, uh, applied violence in 2015. I love the name. <laughs> yeah, it was, it came to me like I was laying in bed at like 2 AM and I kind of woke up and I had this idea and I was like, oh, I'll take care of it tomorrow. And then, um, I was like, no, that's stupid. It's a great idea. Go buy the domain or something. So I woke up at like two in the morning and bought the domain right then and there and, and, uh, and to do something with it and didn't really know what to do with it. Um, I had known Aaron, my business partner, uh, since like 2010, I think he used to work for the same company that uh, I was teaching for, but he worked on the, um, they made gear and stuff. So he was more on that side mm -hmm. and, uh, he started all skill and luck in like 2014, I think. And, um, and I, I was helping them with like media content, you know, whatever I could designs and stuff like that. And then, uh, uh, I went full time with all skin of luck in 2020, right as the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then, um, uh, we merged our brands cause I'd started the skateboard company. I know I'm kind of jumping around all over the place. Started a skateboard company. It was conceptualized in 2018, uh, launched in 2019. And then we merged everything last year under one, uh, corporation with two DBAs. Uh, so now he has stake in the skateboard brand. And I have stake in all skin of luck. Dude, that's awesome. Right. I know. And that's super hard. Like when you, you really got to trust the other person when you go full in, you know, cause that's like For your sure. livelihood. So you guys have definitely probably have a very strong relationship to put some trust into doing that. Oh, so absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I've forever. I've, uh, I've thought about getting a, partner here and there i've had a few people offering me but it's just like you know unless we've <laughs> unless we've known each other like since childhood yeah. and i know how you handle finances and the business and you're really all in i don't know about that man you know yeah it could be sketchy for sure yeah because then you got to rely on them and they got to rely on you but it sounds like you guys got it nailed down so i didn't even know that you had another brand man yeah man yeah it was i you know it's like one of those things where I might do a little cross promotion on either like on our social medias, but for the most part, you know, rate SB is its own thing. And also going to look is its own thing. We have some projects we're working on that like, well, the two will kind of come together. Um, like this backpack we're developing right now, but, uh, but yeah, so it's kind of like one of those things where like we don't push one 
on the other's platform, if that makes sense, no, you know, cross, to, cross branding. Yeah. I yeah. We want them to kind of stand alone on their own and, and they do. That's smart. Yeah. I mean, so I guess the main question, I mean, I, I've been following you for a while over the last two years. I love what you guys do with your marketing. You definitely have a specific audience that you guys target towards. Mm -hmm. um, I know that you definitely handle the marketing really, really well uh, compared to most apparel brands that I've seen. It's just kind of all over the place. Um, so the fact that you separate both of those business, I think is a smart move. You know? I appreciate that. Yeah. 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 And then when you start cross breeding brands, you know, even though you're, you're trying to grow both, it just kind of takes away that in, uh, personality, I guess you could say for what the direction you guys are trying to go with. So 100% cause one of my things in marketing that I've learned over the years was, uh, that not only does like a brand identity have to exist in terms of like, you know, colors, logos, that kind of thing but a personality has to exist, you yeah. know? And if you were to imagine like also no luck as a person, it's not the same person that rate SB would be, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. And you, uh, you can hear my boy on the other end. Uh, I just wrapped up a podcast with him. Sorry. I forgot to introduce him on the, the podcast guys. <laughs> uh, this is Alex. You know, you guys know him as the previous one. We just recorded turbo Negro yep. on Instagram. Uh, he's military, has a lot of his uh, past in that. So I, I felt like it was perfect timing, you know, and uh, why not bring you on here with Chuck? And Chuck, thankfully, is cool with that. And uh, I just figured bring two military dudes talking about rad stuff, you know, guns and, and apparel. Like, <laughs> yeah. what's better than that? Totally, yeah. right? Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm definitely excited to be on this one and definitely happy to meet you as well, brother. Yeah, brother, you too. Yeah. So, uh, I thought it was super cool and I showed Alex what you do and he's like, Whoa. <laughs> so yeah. So you guys, you have a very specific customer base that you do. Um, mm -hmm. what drove you into that direction? Like why, what made you decide to make this product? What separates you guys from others? Like, how do you feel that you're, I already know the answer because <laughs> I know you guys, but for those that don't know, like share that with them. Why, why yeah, did you so choose that route? So it was kind of one of those things where like, okay, what do we like, right? Like, what do we want to do? Because a lot of people, they'll jump into business, start a Shopify store, do some drop shipping from Alibaba and, you know, just kind of like throw a product up that whatever they think is going to sell. Where we were more of the mindset of like, yeah, of course we want to make money in business and be successful, but we also want to be like happy about what we're doing and proud of what we're doing, yep. you know? Mm -hmm. And what do we like? what you know and how can we make things better like how can we problem solve right how can we solve problems for people that they didn't even know they had so very smart you know aaron and i both you know military guys uh both motorcycle riders we're both you know shooters we're all these things so we're like well how do we blend all this together because there's a lot of guys that like that do these things there's a lot of guys in the military that ride bikes you know and they like to shoot and but there's not a whole lot of crossover from you know the motorcycle culture and the Second Amendment community, even though a lot of people in the motorcycle community support the Second Amendment, right? and there's a lot of shooters that ride bikes, but there's not a whole lot of that overlap. And so we wanted to kind of bring that together. So we're, so the flannel, or combat flannels, as what it's affectionately nicknamed as, um, was the flagship product. Yeah, and that was nice. The, right, and that was the idea was like, okay, the military uses these BDUs, these combat tops, or these frog tops, whatever you want to call them. And they're pretty effective for what they're for, right? You can take off the vest, still have your shirt on, throw a plate carrier on or whatever. We're like, well, we can do that with with uh, with shirts. Mm -hmm. And then that makes it easier for like, you guys can throw a cut on over top of this. So they can kind of tailor their, like, it's like layering when you're, you know, working in a cold environment. You can throw a cut on over it. You can throw, um, you know, the vest part of the flannel over a hoodie if you wanted to do that way too, you know, depending on, what you wanted your aesthetic to be. Mm -hmm. And then we took some military influence from that. So like the shoulder pockets, the slanted chest pockets, things like that. And we just kind of blended everything together and we've just continued to keep doing that and figuring out ways to, uh, to, to bring both cultures together, you know, to create its own little subculture, but still provide value from a quality product that has, you know, some efficacy. So there's, 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 it's useful. There's utilitarianism behind it. You know, I like yeah. to think of it as all of our products are designed for like streetwear for lack of a better term, but you can go and operate in all of them. Like if you had to like, you know, if you're wearing our pants or a flannel, one of our flannels or something, 
and shit popped off, you can jump in the back of your car, grab your plate carrier and rifle and, and still and know that not only are the clothes going to hold up, but they're also kind of designed to do these things as well. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, from what I've seen and I've picked up on it, I, well, for one, you f- forgot to mention, I forgot to mention all his, your guys' stuff for all skill, no luck is made, made in America. Yeah. And you guys make it in-house yourselves. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that was one huge issue that, you know what, as a brand myself, and I know there's tons of brands out there that wish they could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some times where I'm like, dude, I wish I can do things myself and make it out here. But there is a full, you know, we don't want to blow everyone's mind when it comes to apparel um, that's listening. And that, that's a long, <laughs> drawn-out story. Right, yeah. Um, but, dude, I mean, you guys make your own stuff in house. Like that's super rad and it's rare. So, you know, having a lot of pride in that, I think that that is something for you to a hundred percent brag about to the world because not many people can do that. So right. that's another thing that I feel differentiates yourself. You for know? sure. And we try and take advantage of that sometimes, you know, I know that, and it is difficult. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. If there was somebody, you know, locally, I mean, within like the Southwestern United States or whatever, um, they could meet, you know, the quality that we feel we can, we put out, uh, and our production timelines and, and, you know, all that stuff, I would totally outsource it. Cause it is such a pain in the butt to, yeah. <laughs> to do everything yourself. But yeah, totally. at the same time, like quality and customer satisfaction is our number one priority, you know? And so we know that as, as, um, challenging as it can be to, to do your own, uh, manufacturing, you know, it, we can't, we don't, we're not going to sacrifice, that quality and control that we have over the finished product to just to increase our productions or, you know, maybe save a buck or two here or whatever the case is, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, and I know you and I, and we won't mention any names, but mm-hmm. he, he, already <laughs> already know. he already knows, uh, we're not going to mention any names for one. Uh, but two, like that is a huge deal. You know, I would love, and I'm currently working on it on the side. I haven't really told this many to many people. Um, but I would love to carry some American made products in here. Um, I've tried doing that route. Like a lot of our jeans are salvage denim jeans and jackets. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our denim is actually made out in Los Angeles, um, by a small studio named 1518. Oh, sick. And I'm not too sure if they actually are still in business. I think COVID might've taken them out. Um, but that's like it, it as much as we tried to go down that route, you know, not a lot of people understand that it does cost more. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like when I, when I hear someone like, um, I own one of your flannels, by the way, for anyone listening. And when I got that thing in the mail, the napalm flannel mm-hmm. and, um, you just hit me up one day and was like, dude, I, I, and I kept telling you, like, I want to get one of your flannels, but they always seem to be sold out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you were like, when I get one in, I'm going to, you know, let me know if you like it. And I just put it on and it fit perfect. Like I have long arms, I'm six foot one and I'm very particular about my style. I'm very particular about the materials but you guys use a specific soft blend that I felt was perfect for my body type mm-hmm. and just straight out the box. Like that takes a lot of time, skill, discipline to be able to nail that down. So yeah. you guys, I feel you got it. You know, you, you should, that. you should brag about that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, I know Alex over here, he's sitting with me. He's kind of quiet, but I know he has a <laughs> couple questions for you too. So yeah, I'm, I'm an open book, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you came from the Coast Guard. Uh, how many mm-hmm. years did you spend in there? Uh, I did six years uh, active duty. Wow. Oh, awesome. Um, what was your, uh, uh, if they have MLS or is it job specifications in there? Yeah. So we're, we're like, in terms of like our rank structure and job classifications, it's real similar to the Navy since it's a maritime, you know, organization. Uh, so I spent my first year and a half as what they call non-rate. I wasn't rated. I had no MOS, no, no rate. That was, it's really common in the Coast Guard to do that. You come out of boot camp and you, they just throw you into the fleet. And the cool thing about it is that you get to kind of see a lot of different aspects of what different rates do before you kind of commit yourself to one. Cause you, you can always reclass later on, but it's kind of a pain to do. So you get to experience that. The downside is if you're not super motivated, um, it could take a while for you to get to a school or get to uh, get a rating. And, you know, next thing you know, you're a, you know, a three year E3 with, with no promotion in sight because you don't have a rate yet and right. you have to have that rate in order to promote. So anyway, I did that for about a year and a half. Um, I had a, my, one of my main 
jobs or collaterals was I was a surface swimmer on the ship I was attached to. So, um, any kind of star cases or incidents, me and the other swimmers would dress out and we would, you know, go play in the water for a little bit. And then I ended up going to a school to be a uh, gunner's mate, which is a weapons, basically a weapons specialist, like an armor and stuff in right. the, in the guard. But, um, my goal at the time was to get to these new newer units that they had that were, you know, this was right after nine 11. So I joined in 2003. Um, you know, the GWAT was hyped up, you know, the coast guard needed, wanted something that they can, uh, a unit that they could use in CONUS in the U S if something bad happened. So they created the maritime safety security teams. Right. And, uh, they were like an anti-terror unit. So I kind of, planned my route to get to one of those and i did i got put on a boat crew at first so i was a 240 gunner on a boat and then um they had a in-house selection for like what's now called a direct action section which is basically like guys that are going to be doing shipboardings or go plats vbss that kind of thing right so threw my hat in the ring made it through um the little selection thing we did and um then our pipeline training and so that was about maybe like a whole six month endeavor, uh, in terms of like training and schools and everything. And then, um, yeah, got onto the team and started getting deployed. And if we weren't doing, you know, uh, domestic, uh, anti-terror or counter-terror terror operations, we were usually deployed with, uh, our sister units, which are tactical law enforcement teams. They do counter narcotics. We're working with them in Southeast Asia or South America, uh, doing counter narco stuff. Yo, your dog's ready to attack, man. <laughs> yeah, they're on the alert. What kind of crazy? Yeah, <laughs> damn, man. So you do have some history. Holy smokes! So, I guess you telling us all that, like, it, it totally makes sense doing what you do. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I have come to learn over the last two years the way you present, all skill, no luck. I mean, I I'm gonna have to look into your other brand too, because um, I just found out till now. So I'm excited <laughs> to see what that one's about. But no, it, it like it totally makes sense as far as. In, in apparel, it's extremely hard because you have to find your customer base. Right. You know what I mean? So when you mentioned earlier that, you know, people will just go on Alibaba, which, by the way, I don't I don't even like messing with that anymore. Oh, like, dude, I, they're, no, you just can get no. screwed on that so bad. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't even mess with that stuff anymore. <laughs> but, yeah, and uh, I forgot where I was going with this. But, like, you understand where your customer base is. Like, being in that line of work, you know – who your customer is, how to make your products and how to deliver it based off of their lifestyle, which is also coincidentally your lifestyle. So Mm -hmm. it makes it super easy to do what you do, you know, not easy doing what you do, but I'm saying as far as knowing who your customer base is, like that's huge. Unfortunately, not a lot of people understand that. Yeah. The the, whole idea was just like, I want to make stuff that I want, you know, and it's functional. Functional. Yeah. There's there's functional stuff that I want. And if I want it, then there's at least probably 10 other people that want it, you know? Yeah. And, and you so make, you make that, the, what's your, the one that I always see sold out, dude. It's the drug rug. Oh yeah. The drug rugs, the Cali combat hoodies. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, man. Every time like I log in, I don't know why. <laughs> and just like, <laughs> it's why like didn't just I just hoping. pull the trigger, dude? Like, come on. Uh, <laughs> but they look so badass, man. And they seem very functional. You have a lot of your customers, which I think is very cool that you guys share that, uh, wearing your stuff and you post mm-hmm. it on your page. Like that creates a lot of customer and engagement and also social proof for what you guys do. You know, there's actually people out here wearing your shit. So for sure. And to me, it's really important that, you know, like not just our customers, but anybody that like follows us, because I'm sure we have tons of people that follow us that have never bought any of our products. Mm -hmm, Same. But I want, (laughs) I want everybody. Yeah. I want everybody to know that like, we appreciate them. You know what I mean? Like, and that's not just like, I'll, when people post stuff or send us stuff, I always make make it a habit to like at least reach out and acknowledge them and thank them for their support. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't matter how badass we make stuff. If nobody's doing anything with it, then we have nothing, you know? And if, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. And I really appreciate our customers and I want them to like know and understand that, that, you know, it's not just like when I'm not just a business saying, Oh, thanks for the support. I appreciate you. Like, no dude, I really, I really mean it. This is like, yeah, I have a, another job. This is what I do full time. This is how, you know, I pay my bills and feed my kids. So exactly. Right. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And, uh, I do notice that you do reply to people that comment on your stuff all the time. Like that's like people don't understand, you know, how, how big it is as a business owner. 
that is something that is so huge, you know, because when you first start off, no one knows who the fuck you are, right? You got to build your customer base, but even to this day, like I used to write handwritten notes to customers and I still do that, even though, you know, and I'm sure you're aware, Chuck, like things get super busy. Oh yeah. It's those things in the back of your head that remind you, like, if it wasn't for these people supporting me, I wouldn't be able to live. You know what I mean? Like literally, you know, Yeah, and, um, people who are a hundred percent into their business and believe that, which is dude, I got to give my hat off to you. Like that is something that's lost. And I feel in this world, like, you know, it's easy just to like someone's comment, which I mean, I see companies out there that are huge and I'm not going to mention names and they don't even reply or thank them or anything like that, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's partially why I started doing what I did. Right. You know, for one, just like how you started, I just started to relate you know, growing up in the hot rod world and motorcycles and the whole lifestyle that led up to where I'm at today, I just wanted to bring all that into a brand. And I'm, you understand that. I don't have to explain that to you. Right. But not many people understand that. And I think that's so huge. So if you guys are hearing this right now, you really need to support this company. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? You guys are killing it as it is already, but go follow them, go support them. I mean, it's huge. Yeah. Cause it says a lot that here you're not only showing that we know and understand what you want out there, but you're also there to communicate with the community as well. Instead of just a lot of other companies out there, especially the major label ones, they just look at people as dollar signs. Yeah. Right. That's a big problem. Yeah, for sure. And the other thing that I think is missed too by companies, especially as they start getting traction is not listening to like user feedback. Oh yeah. Oh, you know, if, like we've made changes to certain products because we've had enough people say, Hey, can we do this instead? Or why don't you guys do that? And we're like, yeah, you're right. Let's do that. You know, if this is going to make it better, we'll do it. And there's sometimes where we've, we've made some changes. Like we'll make a prototype and we're like evaluating the old, the prototype versus the old pattern. And we're like, eh, no, I think this is better this way because of X, Y, Z. There's some functionality reasons or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. But more often than not, when enough people say, Hey, can we do this instead? And we're like, yeah, we can do anything. Let's see, let's see how it turns out. And then we'll like the drug rugs, for example, they're on the third iteration um, of a pattern that we've redesigned because of feedback that we've gotten from customers. Right, and it's super important. Like I used to, honestly, b- between everyone, and I've mentioned this before, it's nothing to hide. But in the early days, like if someone came to me, and you know, this is before you even understand business and people and your mm-hmm. customers, like. When you first hear someone and this is your baby and they tell you, man, this sucks, you know, like yeah. <laughs> I used to honestly do in the early days and I, I know customers that still have our shirts. Oh yeah. And uh, I'm just like, I'm so sorry that you had to experience that, <laughs> but it is important that you listen to your customers and make things better. And, uh, fuck dude, like you were nailing everything. It is so refreshing to talk to a company that actually understands that. Um, and it's huge and that's why you guys are successful. You know, and I truly mean that I, like, I wish you guys all the freaking best in success. I, I really appreciate it, bro. And, yeah. and, you know, and, also, and from our perspective, it's been so dope to watch like your growth on everything, you Thanks, know, man. just explode and just all this your second store, like everything. That's like it's so, so sick to see everything going so dope for you guys. Thanks, dude. Thanks. And, you know, it's it's really hard for small businesses out there because easily these days, all anyone has to do is just go on to Amazon Yep. Click, click a button and uh, expect it to arrive overnight. You know, small mm-hmm. businesses, it's completely different, um, especially since you guys are making them by hand. It's not something you can just flick a switch and then next day you have like 500 pieces. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You have to order the materials. You have to source the materials. Like there's a lot of R&D that goes behind producing a product. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's good to see you guys actually innovating and, and leading your own way. So. So far, yep. you guys are the only ones that I know that do what you do at the level that you do it. So I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, our motto is, you know, all thrill, no skill, find a way or make a way. Yeah. How'd you yeah. get the name? How'd you get the name? All skill, no luck. Um, I, you know, it was something. It was so it kind of, so let me back up a little bit. So when, when Aaron and I both used to work for this other company, um, we were based out of Oceanside. Some people probably be able to figure it out. The company doesn't exist and there was some weird stuff that happened. So I'm not going to say who it is, but. People will be able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So there was a company based on the Oceanside. We made gear. Um, that was our thing. And we were making some innovative stuff. Um, one of my good friends, he's out in Arizona. He started. A, he was our lead designer. He has his own company uh, in Arizona now making gear. And we were a lot of the guys that started the, the company were Marines. Um, uh, one of them was from Force Recon. And so we were making things. And then as we were making things, we were throwing them to 
guys that we knew in active duty still and say, Hey, test this out when you're in the field. Let me know what you think. Do this and that. Oh, nice. And so we were just developing all these different things and um, got really tight with the uh, recon community. Um, and they have, you know, uh, some different sayings and all skill, no luck was kind of what was, you know, there's a lot longer saying to it than that, but all skill, no luck is kind of an, an abbreviation, like a hat tip to, to that recon community um, and the Marines in general for, um, for being a huge supporters of us from a different project, but it's carried over into, you know, what we are now. Yeah, no, I mean, I pay attention a lot to pages I follow. Honestly, I don't really follow too many apparel brands if, if we're being real right now, only because like it gets kind of boring to see the same thing over and over again. Um, sure. Especially seeing brands that just kind of, you know, it's just generic surface level shit. There's no branding behind it there's no like meaning behind it like so, almost cookie cutter style yeah dude and yeah. it's just like you know you've seen one t-shirt you've seen them all right you know right. what i mean but like what differentiates yourself from other people and how like you actually go live on your instagram and talk to your people mm -hmm. and although that's very scary for a lot of people that don't own a company like i feel like a lot of people especially in the motorcycle industry are afraid to show their face which i don't fucking understand why i don't get that like yeah. you're, you're going to events dude like they're going to know who you are if you're standing <laughs> exactly in your tent. you're going to get out in the open and uh i took a different approach like i was kind of scared in the beginning early days like i didn't want to show my face but i felt like yeah. ever since i started d doing that and the live videos and like talking to your people like like a homie like yeah. that that changes a lot and um actually acknowledging them you know what i mean but mm -hmm. so did it take you a while to kind of get used to doing that or you know i i so i'm very fortunate that i had a lot of experience like in public speaking um you know from back all the way back in when i was just like you know a boot in the military we would have to give like we would go to a, a school and then like if it's a leadership school, I would have to do teach back. So I would teach what we just learned to the entire class and we would all have to teach a section just so that one, it showed understanding and competence Two, it was a way for us to develop our public speaking skills. And then later on, when I started contracting the company I worked for, we also, we also had a training program where people could come and learn these skill sets for uh, working overseas and domestically. Um, and so I would, I taught a lot to complete strangers, you know, I would, you know, get, get, you know, it was my day to teach. And I got a room full of 30 students who I've never met before in a day in my life. And these are all veterans. And so they're, they're most of them, you know, they're solid guys, but there's always, you know, when you get into a group of like, when a group of vets get together, there's always some dick measuring that happens a little bit, you know, and they're trying to Teacher. figure out like, who's this guy? What did he do? You know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I would roll up and, and, and I'm like, what's up guys? My name's Chuck and blah, blah, blah. And, and then, so I got used to like kind of developing my own style and flow for communicating to people. And I did that for almost eight years. Um, and so getting on to social media was, and like, be like talking to like, and, and like IG lives or something like that mm -hmm. was a lot easier because I don't have anybody looking at me, you know, and yeah. saying, or trying making a comments. I mean, if they do, they have to type it and I can read it or not. It doesn't matter, but right, right. being able to you know, doing teaching for so long helped me, um, to develop public speaking skills so that I, you know, I don't get self-conscious or care about what anybody's saying or thinking while I'm talking, as long as I feel like I'm effectively communicating. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Dude, I mean, in the early days, like in the first, first podcast we were doing, man, I was just like, ah, oh, I suck. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Second guessing, but like, I feel what? like, yeah. And when you first start doing it and you do it over and over again and you start to learn to enunciate and you expand your vocabulary. And the thing is, is I feel like, you know, I, for a lot of, lot of, lot of brands out there that are probably listening, like once you understand your customer base, like that is something that's huge. Once you know mm -hmm. the people that you're talking to on the other end, mm -hmm. you know, like if I sold cupcakes and I was just fucking making t-shirts, the cupcakes, trying to talk to <laughs> motorcycle people, they'd be like, who the who's, who's this guy? Yeah. You know what I mean? So like understanding your customer base. And I know I keep nailing that, but Chuck, I mean, it's not often I get to talk to a really successful, you know, company and the fact that, I mean, this is the first time we've actually had a phone call, phone call conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, you know, it's just opening my mind that like, thank God I'm not the only fucking one, you know, I'm not, yeah, I'm yeah. not saying I'm God by any means, but I'm saying it's refreshing to actually hear another voice and perspective out there that thinks the same way. So for sure. Cause yeah. I mean, I'm sure. And you know, like when I first started, you know, 
any business venture, like I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to do anything. So I was like, no shit on Google, like looking like how to run a business checklist. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, right. you know? Oh, yeah. And then you kind of figured out like, all right, if I just, just be me, you know, listen to what people have to say and then solve their problems, you know, based off their feedback, we're onto something, you know, I kind of, it just kind of clicked eventually for me like that. Yeah. So you do a lot more than just flannels and drug rugs. Um, you, mm-hmm. you guys are working on others. Uh, I, I see you guys doing uh, like fanny pack style, um, yeah. products like talk about those. Yeah. So, um, we have pants, we have flannels, the drug rugs, um, another product we haven't dropped. We haven't made any, you know, in like a year or two, uh, the occultation hoodie, it's basically a, um, combat shirt with a hood that is, I like him a lot. People really like him. But right now, what we've been working really hard on is uh, our what we call the Flying Squirrel Pack. Um, That's it. It's is a, nice. is a yeah. The, it, the nickname's the FSP. Um, so basically, what it is, it's a we thought like, how can we make the most versatile like bag system mm-hmm. we could think of that actually functions and will do what we wanted to do, right? So we developed this fanny pack. And then we're like, well, let's turn it into a backpack as well. So we put, we hit a backpack in the backside of it. It has a 180 degree zipper. So it'll unfold the front pouch that would normally be there for a fanny pack is still hundred percent functional, but now you have another eight liters of volume that you can stow stuff in. Um, and we, then we were like, all right, well, how can we take this a step further? So we added a Velcro flap that you can actually run this thing on a plate carrier. Oh, wow. And then we're like, well, how can we take it even further than this? We're like, okay, so we'll add these loops. You can do attachments for like first spear tubes or tactics buckles. Like Molly style or? Yeah. Well, no. So oh. you can, what we did is we took um, another piece of Velcro. It's like a Velcro panel that has loops built into it. So you can attach the male end up to the pack and the female end to this Velcro panel, permanently attach the panel to your plate carrier. And now you can hook it in and it has a quick release without having to take all your stuff apart. Oh, wow. nice. Like, well, if that works, we could put them on motorcycles. So we made a bar bag attachment for the same thing so that you can your motorcycle nice and then we're working on um some other variations of it and working on some other materials we have a prototype that i uh i was running around shot show with it um but it's we took the front like fanny pack panel out of it and put a holder that'll hold a pelican r40 uh case that you can open and still keep it 100 percent functional without having to take it out of the pack Oh, bro, that's it still solid. Yeah, still has the backpack functionality, still has all that stuff. And, uh, you know, just trying to push the limits of what we can make, what we can do. That's genius. Yeah. Now, with it, um, uh, circling back to SHOT Show, did you go to the one this year or was it a previous year that you went? Uh, I've, I've gone many times. This I did go to the to, to SHOT Show this year. Okay, nice. Uh, what did you think of this year's? I, I wanted to get out there, but unfortunately, with my ties with the Army, uh, it kept me engaged, so I wasn't able to make it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so it was cool um, in some regards because it, there was a lot less people than normally. This, the downside of that was also there was a lot less uh, vendors than normally. For example, like SIG wasn't there at all. Really? Uh, yeah, I went, to, um, I went to go talk to Pelican um, and show them this prototype we're, we have. And they, had, they didn't even have a booth. They just had like an area where their booth would be and a sign in the middle of the of the booth that said, sorry, miss you. We'll see you next year. Oh, so I, just hung, I, hung, I hung our pack on their sign, took a picture of it and sent it to them. I'm like, Hey, where are you guys at? <laughs> That's awesome. But, uh, but it was cool. You know, um, it's always, I shot shows can be very overwhelming because there's so much to see. Um, I, you know, I go and I don't generally have a plan necessarily when I go other than like, there's a key people that I want to go talk to. So I go talk to them. It's definitely like a family reunion. You get to catch up with a bunch of friends that live all over the country. Right. And you don't get it to is. see that often. And then, um, you know, obviously the events, at the, like the parties, you know, for lack of a better term, that they have after. To be told, that's where most of the like real business happens. And so. Oh, totally. It's, it's, it's always fun. You know, it's always a good time. Um, companies, I think. You know, people get excited for SHOT Show, uh, especially if you've never gone. And it's a super cool experience. And there's a lot to see. But after you've gone for like a couple years in a row, you kind of realize, like, 
there's some new stuff that comes out, but new stuff doesn't come out until like maybe once every five years, you'll see some like really revolutionary stuff. Exactly. You know, but, um, so but I've, I've never, I've never been, um, I mean, I've kind of seen it through your stories and whatnot, and I've kind of heard mm-hmm. it through the grapevine here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but would you say like, how is it split up? Is it mostly just gun accessories and gun companies and uh, apparel or the, like, uh, a majority wise, because I know when I went in 2020, yeah, it's big uh, focus of introducing mm-hmm. people to the new product lineups, whether it's actual firearms themselves, uh, Molly gear, um, protection, uh, first responder, law enforcement, uh, also DOD contracts that come up for the year. Okay. Uh, for example, I think it was, uh, I think it was Vortex actually just got signed on for an army con- contract for their night optics for oh, sick. at SHOT nice. Show. So, yeah, a lot of things like that. Uh, meet mm-hmm. and greets with certain uh, comp- competition shooters, celebrities. Um, like, I know when I went, um, Evan Hafer was doing a big meet and greet for Black Rifle. And, oh, of course, I get up there because I know Evan, and I worked with a couple of his Green Berets before as well. So it was almost like how you said, a family reunion kind of thing. Yeah. So everyone's mm-hmm. looking at me, like, during the headlights going, wait, you know Evan? I'm like, yeah, of course I do <laughs> from our community that we worked in. Because everyone, of course, they do a quick, like, shake hands, take a quick selfie, and be on their way. And meanwhile, I'm, like, sitting there shooting the shit with them for, like, almost yeah. half an hour. Everyone's just looking at me like, are they, like, long-lost brothers or something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, in a certain sense. But, uh, yeah, I mean... I would love to go to SHOT Show again, um, but yeah, like you said, it's something where you don't want to go competitively every year, I mean, yeah. com- no. continuously every year. You want to split it up because yeah. the product lineup, it's going to be uh, different uh, X amount of years, not just, hey, Strike Industries has a stop guard this year. Next year, uh, Foxtrot Mites going to have an AK-47. It's not going to be like that. Right. Right. But that's yeah, good for yeah. you, though, Chuck, especially with your customer base, like actually mm-hmm. going out there and networking with people, not just like you know, obviously hanging out with your people that mm-hmm. rock your shit, but like you get to actually network with other companies and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. And it's always cool. Cause like, we'll see people wearing our stuff. And so like, I've, I walk, I, I, I was in the Venetian at the circle bar. That's like, kind of like one of the main hangouts after the show, if there's no other parties going on. And I see this guy wearing one of my flannels and I was like, oh, I think that's one of mine. So I walk up to him. I'm like, Hey dude, are you wearing a, all's gonna look he's like oh yeah man i love this thing i was like bro thank you for the support i appreciate it. he's like i made that shit, i know you <laughs> <laughs> no way like, oh, uh, cool thanks man i just wanted to say thank you for the you know wearing my stuff but dude that's gotta be, that's gotta be a good <laughs> feeling man i like it, it is it's, it's it's weird but it's cool yeah uh, and it's like i made that <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah um yeah like sometimes like the first time I, I saw someone just driving their motorcycle and this was in the early days just hauling ass down the 101 which is like a big freeway here and I'm like, man, that guy's speeding. And I just saw on, on the back, and it was a Rail Reaper t-shirt. And I'm like, you know, I'm with the girl at the time, and I'm like, speed up, speed up. I want to get this on video. This is so sick, you know? And, yeah, uh, yeah and it's a, good, it's a good feeling knowing that people actually are wearing your stuff, you know? So, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess I guess the next question I had to ask you, so what's your marketing look like right now? You know, for, for people out there that are probably starting with brands, I mean, you guys are, are – at a good following right now, at least on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. Do you do a lot of guerrilla marketing or you do like in-person shows? Like, are you just doing emails? Like, how? So it's, it's probably 90% guerrilla. Um, okay. We, so in 2020, you know, when the, well, actually we back up 2019, uh, Aaron and I had a lot of plans to do some, um, uh, like a lot of shows and events and stuff like that. And then COVID hit. And we're like, all right, well, let's, you know, a couple of weeks, we'll see how, if this interf- interferes with anything. And then as the year kind of went, get into summer and everything was just stopped. We're like, all right, well, I guess we're, <laughs> we're gonna have to reevaluate this because mm-hmm, all these shows right. are canceled. And so, um, coming in this year, we're definitely planning on doing more like in-person events and stuff like that. Sweet. We do, we do emails, but like for me, the whole, my whole like, sense of marketing, I feel like. I'm going to do, I'm going to portray our brand, right? The brand's personality, how I would want, what I would want to see from a company, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't like getting an email every single day from a company telling me the same thing they told me yesterday, you know? So for like emails, I only do emails when like it's something, you know, either a new drop for something that people want, a new product announcement, or in the very, very rare occasion that we'll run a sale. Um, I will do emails that, but otherwise it's just, 
you know, Instagram and then like, you know, having homies that support you and putting your stuff up there, uh, doing it that way. Some cross branding stuff with, uh, with, with people that are in like the same niche to some degree. Um, and they just kind of coming up with ideas that I like that I think are cool, you know, and then putting that out there. Yeah, no, that's super smart. I mean, I personally, I I try to, every time I can put my, myself in the customer's shoes and it Uh is so annoying for the emails that are constantly blown out like 10% off 50% off and I like eventually have to be like fuck this and I'm like thank god I'm not like that yeah Yeah. Um, it gets overbearing yeah and it's like dude you know if your product's good it's gonna sell itself you know what I mean and then if you build a solid customer base like I've always focused on not just getting one customer and I'm sure you can relate, but like a customer for life. And then when you make a quality product, you stand by it, you believe in it. And for one, you wear it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. people are going to see that, you know, if you, if I was out here wearing freaking Louis Vuitton all the time and then, you know what I mean? Try, <laughs> hey, buy yeah. my stuff. Like it wouldn't make sense. So, no. yep. so that's cool, man. It's, it's no wonder why you guys are killing it. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean the strategy for me and I, I, anybody, and I'm always like down, like, cause I get people that will hit us up. And I'm sure you do too. You know, like, Hey, I want to start this brand. How do I do this? What do I, what should I do? And I always tell people just be you, you know, be as authentic as you possibly can. Um, you know, share with what you're comfortable with sharing and just do you don't try and do what you think people are going to like, you know, cause then you lose yourself in that process and you kind of, you know, are so worried about what's the next trend that you're not focusing on innovating what you do and, or just being, you know, a master of, of your niche, you know, a master of your craft. Yeah. I mean, totally. I, like, how do you feel like, I'm sure you get it all the time too, but like, you know, you appreciate your customers, you appreciate the people that support you, but you know, they'll, they'll tell you, Hey, you should do this product or th- that, mm-hmm. but if it doesn't really kind of fit in the brand or your customer base, then it's kind of like, you know, I, I don't want to branch out too much because then it's right. it doesn't really make sense. Um, yeah. So I'm when sure. I get those questions, I tell people I just I just straight up tell them I was like, hey, that's a cool idea, but that's not really you know our thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because like we came out with the backpack, and people, some people that know us from way back in the day know that we did gear at one point. Um, we don't do gear now. Like we're not interested in like the backpacks are about as far as we'll take it with gear. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like making pl- plate carriers and gun belts and stuff, not interested in doing those things. And people are like, when are you guys going to make a plate carrier? We're not, you know, like, yeah, yeah I don't blame you. Do that. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. You know, that's not what, like we're, a, what we're interested in doing. Sounds very more intricate and, and kind of a nightmare, you know, cause it is. Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure you all too well on that. Cause I know with, when it comes to plate carriers and battle belts, it's a different type of beast and let alone, mm-hmm. it's just too much controversy that just plays into it to where literally it can just fall sideways so quick. So yeah. I'm going to open up a new uh, can of worms here and uh, let's talk about some guns. Let's do it. I like guns. All right. That was smooth. <laughs> that dude. was solid. That one actually worked a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> I got this soundboard over here, Chuck, and it's actually, it's been pretty nice. You know, <laughs> I actually yeah, specifically with, like all kinds of wild ass, you know, like sound effects and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like Perfect. I got, you know, uh, like a little, little ricochet right there um but anyway i purposefully downloaded these because i knew you and alex were going to be on the podcast and i knew we we're going to talk about guns so let's get into that what's your uh you're a big second amendment enthusiast correct absolutely obviously um dumb question but <laughs> like what's your uh what's your what's your edc these days so it depends on what i'm doing like i'm a very big proponent of you know, tailor your gear to whatever you're doing. Right. You know? Oh yeah. If I'm going out, like I love to hunt. So if I'm going to go like hunt elk, chase elk in the middle of nowhere, and I know there's bears, I'm going to carry a a weapon that's appropriate for a bear. Yeah. If I'm, you know, out in town somewhere, um, I'm going to carry, you know, an appropriate size tool that I can do whatever I need to do with, whether it's just, you know, a knife or a Glock 43 or something like that. So I'm very much a proponent of like, you know, what am I doing and what's going to give me, you know, the best, like what's going to be the most advantageous for me, but also minimize my profile as much as possible. Yeah. It doesn't make sense uh, to go out hunting and all you have is a nine mil. You know what I mean? Right. Like, exactly. Exactly. Definitely have but, a standard operating procedure. Right. For sure. And I, I think like people, people get caught up in the whole idea of like, what's the best pistol, mm-hmm. you know? And then they have this idea that like the best pistol, you know, I was told it's a 1911 or a Glock 19 or whatever, but what are you doing with that thing? If I'm never going to 
can try and conceal carry a full size 1911. Like that's crazy. No, you know? no. Yeah. Totally. I would never it. do that. Yeah. Um, if I'm, you know, going to be, you know, like when I was contracting 99% of the time I'm, I'm rolling low profile overseas. Like you would just think I'm a tourist is how I try to present myself, mm-hmm. but I might have a Glock 19 on me because it's super popular around the world, not just, you know, in the U S but it's, I mean, you, there's very rare, very few places in the world you could go to not find one. So if I need to get parts or something like that, I know I could source those oh, yeah. ammo should be readily available. And, you know, it's a super dependable, you know, weapon system. So depending on what I'm doing will dictate what I'm going to carry. But if, but for generally like around, you know, home and stuff like that, I got a, I got one of these new, uh, SOG, uh, assisted openers with the carbon fiber handles. It's amazing. And, um, Oh, nice. My Glock 43 or my Glock 19. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's solid choice, dude. Solid answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because it's funny that you mentioned that of how everyone wants to go for what is basically quote unquote the like popular, popular or yeah. Hollywood mm-hmm. style firearm. Because yeah. when I was working at a, at a gun shop at the time, uh, yeah, that was the biggest issue that customers would come in, especially new ones that were yeah, like, they just come in, and they're just like, wet. give me the most popular one. And like, yeah, sorry, yeah. dude, it's sold out because it's popular. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I would have customers coming in buying and FN 509 when they've never even heard of it on the market before or let alone a 1911 and yeah. I ask them okay what's this used for if you don't mind me asking and most of the response is oh I just need a truck gun oh I need an everyday carry it's like you're mm-hmm. gonna everyday carry a 1911 yeah. yeah you might as well everyday carry a 44 mag yeah, yeah exactly don't get me wrong. 1911s are pretty badass but it's probably not the ideal every single day kind of nah, it's, it's too much of a trophy gun in my case yeah well, 100% agree with that you know it's one of those things like it's a cool platform and there's a ton of history behind it and it you know was an invaluable tool for you know like world war ii and stuff exactly but at, at the end of the day it's 110 year old technology you know what i mean or 112 year old technology mm. so there are better options, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. if, so I, many. If, if, if I only have one car, it's not going to be a Ford Model T, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. so, no, it, it reminds me of like, of, everyone goes out there and like, oh, I just wanted a Desert Eagle. And dude, until you hold one and you're just kind of like, this isn't something I can really carry around with. It. Yeah. So, you know, so yeah, it's not a really good novelty piece you got there, but. Like, 100%. Something to show off on the gram, but yeah. yep. that's about it. Yeah. Oh, cool, man. We're coming up to uh, close to an hour now. That's actually pretty nice. Um, Sweet. Yeah, dude. It's been going smooth, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so other than All Skill, No Luck, like what kind of plans do you guys, you know, have for the future for All Skill, No Luck or, you know, just in general? So right now, um, our biggest thing is we're pushing these uh, FS packs. Like it's a lot of behind the scenes things. We have um, uh, some motorcycle dealerships Ooh. that are... Uh, a very oh, yeah. well-known motorcycle brand that's interested. So we're going to, we're, we're pursuing that right now, developing some more stuff, um, working with uh, a couple of companies on some, um, on some other projects with, uh, with all skin, no luck. And then um, for the skateboard thing, we're just kind of continuing to push, push what we've been doing with that. Uh, the big thing with that one, our whole platform is based on, like uh, skate therapy and skateboarding as a tool for mental health and PTSD. Nice. And it's resonated pretty well with people. So we're getting ready to go do a um, little mini documentary and uh, article with uh, coffee or die magazine in North Carolina here in April. So we're looking forward to that one. Oh, and that'll then, be awesome. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, just continuing on our thing and seeing what, you know, what shows we can book for this, for this year and um, getting, you know, just continuing to get after it. Yeah, I uh, I have a lot of military friends, friends that I've known for a very, very long time, obviously Alex being one, but there's several others. But that PTSD, PTSD is such a huge deal. And it's, it is. It it's is. a lot of people don't really understand it. I personally, I mean, I'm sure I've had my cases through running a business, <laughs> but it has nothing compared to PTSD, like real true PTSD. Yeah. So for those listening, like if you have a friend that is going through something like that and you know that something's like not right, like mm-hmm. just reach out to him every once in a while. I, it makes a huge difference. Me, I try as much as possible. Like if I know and I haven't talked to a friend in a long time, I'll just shoot him a quick text, you know, Hey dude, how are you doing? Um, but unfortunately, like, uh, I had a, uh, we get a lot of vets that come in through our doors and there was one mm-hmm. that, that came in and it's a local charity. Uh, God, I forget the name, but it had to do with 22. 
and um, you know, he's telling me all about it and uh, what they're doing to try to raise awareness. And I was just like, whatever you guys need, I'm about it, man. Just let me mm -hmm. know. You know what I mean? And that is a huge, huge topic. So it is, yeah, it, it is because unfortunately, uh, from what I've seen in and out of my job, it's something that is swept under the rug or mm -hmm. it's basically. Oh, well, if you want to go and talk about it, either A, no one's going to listen, or B, it's not going to get recognized all the way. And that's not true. And it sucks because it's like, you know, the, the whole concept with society just says, well, you're a man. Deal with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, and it, yeah. it, it, that is the worst thing you can tell someone that it needs it. So. Yeah, that's the worst response you can give to anyone, whether they're serving or not, that have suffered some experience like uh, haunts them with that. Mm -hmm. and we do we do, we do um, veteran charities I've kind of done that we've always give veteran discounts and stuff like that so are you guys pretty active in doing things like that or yeah one of our big the two biggest uh, uh, veteran nonprofits that we support for lack of a better term uh, Hunter 7 Foundation they deal a lot with toxic toxic exposure from working overseas and the aftermath of that you know they're they've been able to raise enough funds to do clinical trials and have a full team of like legit MDs and scientists that can find correlation between uh, health sim symptoms like cancer and, um, and, you know, burn pits in Iraq or Afghanistan or air quality in you know, Kabul or whatever. Um, so that's, that they're a big one. And then the other one is coast to coast foundation. They're a, um, they're a really rad organization. They do a motorcycle run every year from LA to Arlington national cemetery and each night that they stop, uh, they do they like honor a, a vet from that area, and they have a, like a little fundraiser. And the money that they raise goes to um, the families and kids of these of these fallen soldiers. And they're they're specifically for um, uh, mostly for soft soft guys, so you know Green Berets, Seals, Rangers, Marsoft, oh, yeah. uh, those kind of guys. Um, and then you know somebody will get up and talk about you know this individual, this person that they're honoring. Cause they all know these people, you know, they, they served, they served together. Um, That's awesome. they, you know, fought wars together and whatnot. And so Aaron and I usually we'll, we'll do the run from, uh, here. We'll do like the first three or four days of it. And then we have to come back to, to work or whatever. But, um, it's always an amazing experience to see, you know, all these guys coming together from literally all over the country. There's guys that'll ride from New Hampshire to LA just to ride back all the way out to Arlington, you know, that's awesome. And you're yeah. based out of where? San Diego, San Diego. Cool. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. I used to live in uh old town, Orange County. So Heck yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind of, kind of a little farther, but you know, <laughs> I mean, not too much difference. I don't really go out to California more these days other than like visiting family or friends or like going to the beach. Um, yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, dude, seeing what everything has been happening. I'm pretty sure we can go on probably like another hour just talking about everything that's going on in the world, but I try not yeah. to be so too political, but I'm pretty got a strong feeling of how you probably feel the same. So, yep, probably. Yeah, yeah. and uh, especially like being veterans and just seeing everything happen around the world. Like I talked with Alex on our previous podcast. It's just kind of like, it's kind of crazy seeing how everything's kind of been, but super crazy. Oh, it's yeah. a wild world right now. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, uh, that's why I think it's just so huge to, to support vets and those that need it, you know? Um, Absolutely. I've come to find out that a lot of personal friends, the ones that don't talk about it and the ones that are super quiet when you ask them how they're doing, um, probably a controversial thing to mention right now, but it's like, those are the ones you probably mm -hmm. want to be like, Dude, let's go grab a beer and talk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which it's funny you say that because I did put a post up on that on Facebook a while back ago of like, you know, it doesn't hurt to reach out to someone. Just a simple phone call or a text of saying, hey, how the hell are you? Or, hey, let's go grab a beer. Mm -hmm. Hey, man, just thinking about you. Yeah. It goes yep. a long way. It really it does. does. Yeah. So um, uh, you already mentioned the fact that you guys had some plans for the future, dude. And I'm already mm -hmm. excited to see that, man. I mean, the the way you run your guys' business, both you guys, um. Yeah, I'm sure your your partner's a little bit more behind the scenes, um, and you're taking yep. taking the reins for the face. Um, yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I know, like, being just myself, how many hats you have to wear throughout the mm -hmm. day, like, uh, you know, answering emails or messing your DMs or making sure you respond to comments and shipping out orders. Like, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it, you guys pretty much have a flow on how to handle all that stuff, then, right? Yeah, we do. We're, we're like, we're, you know, one of the things that we, we try and do is like, 
differentiate what our strengths are and what our weaknesses are and where where we excel at as individuals that person takes the lead on those things yeah no i that's huge because then you got to do the r d and the product Mm -hmm. development you got to have the budget you got to make sure that you have enough inventory to keep you through the next year or seasons and then coming out with new products like you know i'm sure you know being made in the usa for your guys' stuff like it is worth every penny. Let me just say that. So anyone who's not familiar with All Skill No Luck, you should go check them out. You should support them. Um, and don't be that fucking asshole that's like, you know, oh, it's a little bit more than so-and-so. Like, you know what I mean? As, I can't stand hearing that. I, I'm like, you have no clue what you're talking about right now, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, yeah. it sucks because it's like I see it all the time. And mm-hmm. uh, you know what I mean? And uh, my buddy, um, Vic, he has Medina flannels. Do you guys mind getting the door for them? Yeah, I think that's Chris with 1110 Moto Garage. Uh, Here's the keys. My bad. Sorry, Chuck. No, it's all good. Yeah, we got a a local uh, motorcycle shop that's doing a podcast next. So they're just getting here. Um, But yeah, man, I mean, I love the fact that you're actually, you know, you truly care about your customers. I can tell. You know, and from one business owner to another, like you guys are, I wish you guys nothing but success. You guys are absolutely killing it and you're doing everything right. You know, you're doing everything right. Um, you know, when I see companies out there that just kind of try to dabble and and dip into every little piece, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and we've done it too, like with shoes. Oh yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And, um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's very difficult. So we're, I think we're going to pull back from that and try to like (laughs) do other things that are a little bit more relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, it's easy. Like you get an idea, you start your brand, you start, you know, people start noticing and you're like, oh, snap, I got all these ideas. We can make all this cool stuff, you know, that you want to do. And then you realize, all right, I can't do all of this yeah. at the same time. Yeah, totally. it does become too much. Yeah, it definitely mm-hmm. becomes a huge load. Cool, man. So we're coming up to an hour, dude. I think it's been great. Cool. Um, yeah, is there man. anything you want to say to the people and shout you guys out? And You know, I, you know, I, I'm a big proponent of like, being happy you know i would encourage everybody to find what they love that makes them happy and do that um that'd be you know that that's 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 my my biggest thing you know finding my own happiness and and running with it and i would encourage everybody to do the same yeah no it's super important especially in a world where just technology it's just as quick as clicking a button yeah you know a lot of people get lose touch and i'm glad Mm -hmm. you, you say that they just lose touch of reality um, and a lot of people's happiness is determined on what they see on social media. Um, I mean, man, we can dig on that rabbit hole, <laughs> yeah. but it, it is a very important part. So yeah, yep. give you props for saying for sure. that, man. So shout out all skill, no luck and, and everything else, man. Tell me your website, everything. Yeah. As a all skill, no luck.com. If you're into skateboarding, check out raid sb.com. Um, and I, you know, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it, guys. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have and to do a part two, man. I mean, I'm pretty sure we had other topics that we could talk about, um, but I know you're super busy, so we'll do that another time. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I'm happy to come back anytime. Cool. And it was a great, man. I'm, I'm glad to have you on, dude, and I wish you guys nothing but the best. Yeah, it was I a pleasure meeting you, brother. Pretty, yeah, right. man, it was great meeting you as well. Yeah, and we'll talk a lot. I mean, we talk a lot on social media and messages, so <laughs> it's not like we're strangers at all. So. Nope. All right, brother. Have a good All one. Right, Talk to Thanks, you later. Guys. All right, take care, Bye. man. Bye-bye. Peace. All right, guys. So that was Chuck. All skill, no luck. Alex, what would you think? Phenomenal. Definitely, I was glad to meet him. Yeah. Definitely an honor on that. And I want to test out some of his materials. Dude, and the thing is, it's like quality materials. You yeah. Know, he doesn't use the cheapest stuff. And you can definitely tell, like, when I got his flannel, mm-hmm. the napalm flannel, um, when I put that on, like I said earlier, it's just absolutely amazing. Yeah. You know, it's very hard to find quality flannels these days. Um, it's a struggle. Yeah. Everyone looks at me and just, they automatically assume that, oh, you just got a flannel. I'm like, no, it's not just a flannel. Right. Like I gotta have the flannels. Yeah. And that's stuff that represents who you are too. And I right. feel like Chuck and, and, and his business partner, they really nailed it down as far as like who their customer base is. So oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely going to pick up a few more things here, too. Oh, hell yeah, especially how he's trying to infuse 
the biking and two alpha communities into one. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of do play side and side with differences and everything, but right. I'm going to have to ask him about his motorcycle days, uh, on the next one. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. All right, Chuck, if you're listening, man, thank you so much for, uh, everyone that's been listening to this podcast. Uh, if you want to support this podcast, make sure you check us out rebelreaper.com. Uh, make sure you follow all skill, no luck. Tell them we sent you. Nah, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> just go ahead and support yeah, it, man. Just check them out. All right, guys. Talk to you later.